Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, that's so it's unfair. I may have I may have saved my mind about beef. Is is your is your book for sale about? Yes. I'm not sure. I just go and try and do a better job. Let me Say it like you mean it. This is my vibe. Yo, Trey. What up? I got something to say. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 106. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. So uh, this week has been, it's been a weird week. I think I probably say that every week. I don't don't know that we have normal weeks anymore. Does anybody even remember what normal is or was or has ever been? It's just, it's crazy. But this is like... This is like literally welcome to Bizarro World week as I've gone through looking at things that have happened in the news and, and personal experience this week uh, has just been things are so backwards, upside down, inside out. Stranger Things ain't got nothing on reality at this point with the, the weird stuff that is going on. So, I mean, let's let's just jump in and look at I mean, first off, and I, I know I said last week, I mentioned this guy a little bit, and I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore, but he has come up over and over and over again. So this is little Nas X, uh, and he's created this shoe. Um, apparently, I mean, again, I, I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I've never been really interested in anything he did. Old Town Road did not uh, interest me whatsoever. I mean... I like rap music, not country rap music. Sorry, just not my thing. And so, you know, the whole <laughs> crossover between country music and rap music, I mean, Nelly did it first, and I guess it was kind of cool, that whole thing with, who did he do it with? Was it Alan Jackson or, um, I don't know. He did something with somebody, and it was like a crossover hit. And then suddenly it became a thing. And so this guy got, gets really famous off some song about his horse and apparently adultery and some other weird stuff in there. But then he came out, and and I thought he'd just recently come out as gay. I mean, again, because I pay no attention to him. But apparently it was like a year or so ago or something that he came out. And then... Just this last week, he makes the most, and again, I haven't seen the video, and I have no desire to watch the video, Um, just weird, and so apparently, the kind of the context of it is, from what I've heard, again, this is all secondhand information, so he's apparently like in heaven, and then somehow he ends up being thrown out of heaven, because he's gay and he rides down a stripper pole into hell where he proceeds to give the devil a lap dance. Then he rips the devil's breaks, the devil's neck, rips the horns off, put them on, puts them on his head and becomes the devil. There's so much wrong with this. I mean, from a theological standpoint here, here's the deal. And, but let me get to the bizarro world. Apparently all this happened because of Christianity, because of people 
preaching the gospel and calling him to repentance and the spiritual violence that they inflicted upon him by telling him that if he didn't change, he was going to hell. That because of all this and the hatred, he wanted to make them as mad as he possibly could. So he made a devil shoe with 666 and blood in the heel and and <laughs> whatever. And then made a video of him giving the devil a lap dance and it's all your Christ, all you Christians fault. It's your fault Christians that this guy is doing all this weird satanic crap. Right? I mean, how is it anybody in Christianity's fault? I mean, here here's the deal. Somebody at some point in time came to me and told me if I did not repent and put my trust in Jesus that I was going to go to hell. I wasn't gay or anything else, but I had sins that needed to be repented of. And so the, the gospel presentation is, if you do not repent, everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God, and everybody deserves to go to hell, and everybody who, do not, who does not repent will. But God, in his loving kindness, he's a holy judge, so he has to punish sin, but he's a loving God, so in his loving kindness, he gave his son, Jesus, God incarnate, came to earth, lived a human life, went to the cross without ever having committed a sin, went to the cross and bore our sin on the cross so that if we repent and put our faith and our trust in him, he will forgive us and we will be reconciled to the Father because we gain his righteousness as he paid our penalty, the penalty for our sin. So somebody told me that, I mean, I had issues. I had a lot of issues. I mean, I, I mean, here we have an issue of, of homosexuality, but I, I was addicted to pornography. I was, um, you know, very promiscuous. I was, you know, angry and lustful and all these things that are sexually immoral, just like he is, but it didn't drive me to do satanic stuff. There's where the difference is. You don't get to blame Christianity for your own satanic proclivities. You don't. You cannot blame Christians for the fact that you went and made a devil shoe and now you're getting sued by Nike and you made a video and people lost their minds. You, you did this with the expectation that they would so you could blame them. That's just, that's, it's ridiculous. And, and here's the reason. Let me just share a little story. I tried to download the video. I could not get the video to download off of Facebook, the Facebook Live that I did while I was out at the abortion clinic yesterday doing ministry. And this is why this all came up, because I was looking at all these different things of going, things are backwards. So I'm standing out there. I'm preaching the gospel. There are people down in, in, in the clinic currently murdering babies in the Planned Parenthood. And so I don't know if the guy is a building owner or a, just a, a business owner inside the building or what. But he comes out very angry at us because we're out there. And he's telling us, these people, there are other businesses in here that are not Planned Parenthood. And they're losing 60% of their business because of you. Well, no, it's not because of me. It has nothing to do with me. I mean, it may have something to do with me, the fact that we are there, but we're not causing them to lose business. Why are they not going down and talking to the Planned Parenthood who are murdering babies? 
I mean, if there was no murder of babies, then we wouldn't be there. So the cause and effect is wrong. We are there because we are the effect of what they are doing. We are there because we are mandated as Christians to speak on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves, to defend those who are innocent. That's what we are called to do as Christians. So we are out there proclaiming the gospel, calling people to repentance, begging moms and dads not to murder their babies. But yet it's my fault that these other businesses are losing business because we're making a proclamation of the gospel. One, why, why are they uncomfortable about what we are saying when we're not speaking to them? If they're in there with a therapist or they're in there with a dentist getting their teeth cleaned or whatever couples therapy or whatever it is that they're doing in the building, if they're not currently in the process of murdering their babies, nothing that I say is in regards to them. So why does that make them uncomfortable? Why is that considered a harassment thing when we're not talking to them? Now, as I preach the gospel, and we do talk about, you know, the gospel as a whole, I mean, most of the time it is in reference to murdering babies, but maybe they're hearing the gospel and maybe that is, is their conscience is, is pricked by the, by the preaching of God's word. And okay, great. <laughs> That's a, that is a, you know, a, a collateral uh, circumstance of being there because of the murder of babies that all the people in the area hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have the opportunity to repent but it is not my fault you can't blame me that businesses are losing their or people are losing their business or their their patients employees customers whatever because we are only there because of the murder of babies that's the reason why we are doing what we are doing so you don't get to blame me for lost business. Go talk to the people who are actually murdering babies. Get them to stop and we stop showing up. We're not there anymore if they stop murdering babies. So this is why this has all come up. And so, again, Lil Nas X, you don't get to blame Christians for your satanic <laughs> nonsense best word I can come up for it. You don't get to blame me or any other Christian. You know, we are here, and I understand that there are Christians out there that, that preach the gospel all wrong. Westboro Baptist cult. Okay, they're not a Christian church. They're not Christian. They are far beyond the pale, but they do a horrible job of what most people consider the preaching of the gospel. So, I mean, they're talking about God hates you and stuff like that. I've, I've never said to any homosexual person or anyone else that God hates them. God hates sin. I can, I'll read down through a list of the, you know, Proverbs 6, the, the six, thing God, six things that God hates, seven that he finds as an abomination. And again, sexual immorality is not on that list. It is still a sin. But I would never, I would never look at Lil Nas X and say God hates you. I would say you're a sinner, and because of that, you deserve to go to hell. You violated God's law, but God loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to die for your sin. How, how is that hatred? How is that not loving? How is that not appropriate? 
But yet, I now I get to get blamed because of this stuff. Bizarro World Part 2. So, I think it was Sunday, Sunday or Monday, I don't remember exactly which day it was, that video of this man, Brandon Elliott, came out from a security camera of a bank or something in New York City as he is walking down the street and a 65-year-old Asian lady is on her way to church. It had to have been Sunday because she was on her way to church. Is walking down the street. He kicks her in the face knocks her to the ground and just brutally beats this woman while other men stand by and watch, which I mean, that's, I mean, that's bizarre a world enough as it is, but then some doctor and, and, and as far as I can tell, I think, let me see. I, I should have pulled up this, this tweet. I thought I, I had had it, but let me find it real quick. Um, dot, 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 dot. So this doctor, and I, I believe he is Asian, posts a tweet that basically says the reason why Brandon Elliott beat this, this black woman, or this Asian woman, is because of white supremacy. So here's the tweet from March 29th. Black on Asian crimes only occur because our system because of our system of white supremacy that strips African Americans of their economic opportunities while taking respect and dignity away from Asian Americans. Also, white people in power are experts at dividing and conquering to stay in power. Now, this situation, this man kicking this woman and beating this woman had nothing to do with white people whatsoever. Nothing. You have a black man beating down an Asian woman. You don't get to blame this on white people. You don't, I mean, you don't even get to, I mean, white supremacy is a horrible thing and it exists. And yes, I I recognize that racism and all these things exist, but you don't get to blame. You don't get to exonerate this man for what he, the, the horrible thing that he did. You don't get to exonerate him by blaming white supremacy. That's just the, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. You know, we need to deal with stuff like that. Racism, white supremacy, all that stuff. Asian hate, all the things that are happening. All those things need to be dealt with. But you don't get to excuse this man's actions by blaming it on a white supremacist system. No, this man just got off. He was just out of prison on parole for murdering his mother. I'm, I'm assuming that would probably have to do with white supremacy as well. Do you, do you not see the, the just ridiculous notion of that? And, and I, so I don't know. I it just, I was flabbergasted when I read the tweet and again, it, welcome to bizarro world where nothing is as, as, as it seems and everything gets to be blamed on something else and nobody is any more responsible for anything that they do. Because there's always going to be something else to blame it on. Someone else to pin it on. Personal responsibility doesn't exist in our, in our society anymore. And finally, apparently, female sports and championships and female exceptionalism as a whole is, is now going to become all men because of 
toxic masculinity. I mean, we just saw Caitlyn Jenner, and I'll call him Caitlyn, but I will not call him her. Here, here is the differentiation between what I will do and what I will not do. I will call you whatever name you want to be called. You know, I'm not the, the guy in, in the, the um, barbershop in Coming to America that says, his mama named him Clay, I'm going to call him Clay, right? No. Cassius Clay wanted to change his name to Muhammad Ali. I honor his, his, his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali, right? If this dude wants to change his name to Fallon Fox, I don't know what his name was be, to begin with, but wants to change his name or Bruce Jenner wants to change his name to Caitlyn Jenner or uh, Bradley Manning wants to change his name to Chelsea or well, any of these things. I will call you by the name you want to be called by. I have no problem with that, but I will not call you a pronoun that does not line up with your biological gender or sex. Not going to do it. I'm not going to call Fallon Fox her. I'm not going to call Caitlyn Jenning her. They're hymns. They are men. But Caitlyn Jenning became, you know, woman of the year recently. Just recently, the top female writer in Great Britain is a dude that feels pretty. Fallon Fox has busted the orbital bone of women, cheekbones and stuff like that, uh, to become a women's champion in MMA when he couldn't stand up to the men. This is, this is the thing. He got beat down by the majority of the men in the MMA. So now he gets some estrogen injections, puts on a dress, and now he's a champion. You know, we saw it in Connecticut with the two boys in the track who were like 200th in the state among the men, suddenly they, they, they transition and they're the, they're the female champions. And so again, there, and, and, and the reality is, is there are people out there that blame this on toxic masculinity or masculinity in, in some form or another. No, this is, literally a mental illness you know somebody got i I can't remember here and something i was listening to where they had uh oh it was michael knowles got had uh one of his sponsors henry's harry's razors whatever um pulled their advertising from the michael knowles show because he compared transgenderism to uh schizophrenia or yeah i think schizophrenia or something like that um it is a mental illness it's, you know, my wife is a therapist, her, her books, DSM, whatever, would call it body dysmorphic disorder or something to that effect, right? It is a, it is a mental illness. I mean, when I was a kid from probably five to nine, I claimed to be um, a Martian. I think that was just because I had three older sisters that liked to dress me up in a dress and I just wasn't going to identify as a girl. So I was a Martian. So was you know was my mom required to let me get surgical implants of antenna and change my skin color to green? No, it's 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 this what this man is dealing with, and other men, some I that I know very personally, are dealing with is a mental disorder, and they don't get to blame that on masculinity. For whatever reason, it is their own issue. You cannot blame this 
on on me. This man wanting to to put on a dress and beat up on women is not my fault or any other man's fault. Lil Nas X doing his satanic stuff is not my fault or any other Christian's fault. Brandon Elliott beating up an Asian woman is not my fault or any other white man's fault. These people need to take responsibility for their own actions and deal with it from there. But again, it all comes back around to the fact that the gospel is is lost. All of these things happen because nobody has a fear of Christ before their eyes anymore. Nobody has a fear of the Lord. I've talked about this. This is just a new thing. It was like three weeks ago that, that... maybe a month ago that Dusty and I talked about this on the Reformed Dads podcast and it has become a recurring uh, topic with me because it, it it's almost it well I will say I think it is the core of the issues of the majority of the things that ail our country you know it's not socialism it's not Democrats it's not leftist or liberals or anything else it's the fact that the fear of the Lord is not being taught in the majority of American churches. It's this wishy-washy, you know, Jesus just wants you to be happy. Hippie Jesus just wants you to come. He's not really judgmental. Did, did, has anybody read Revelation 19? Where, the, where it talks about that he's coming back with a name written on his thigh and a, two, a, a, a double-edged sword? That he's going to come back a robe dipped in the blood of his enemies. Go listen to Ivy Connerly. Um, War Clothes. One of my, probably my favorite Christian hip hop song. War Clothes. He, he's got his war, war clothes on. You can hear him coming. He's coming back with a robe dipped in the blood of his enemies. This is the Christ that we will see when he comes back. We are not teaching people about the Christ that is coming back in judgment. Everybody's just getting this wishy-washy, oh, yeah, Jesus just wants you to be happy. You don't really have to repent. You don't have to turn away from your sin. You don't have to do any of that. Half of our churches have just thrown out the idea of sin, period. Because they've allowed the sinner to reconfigure the church. And I don't know if it exactly, but I'm, I've listened. I can't remember who it is. Um, might, it might have been Ray Comfort, somebody, Todd Friel, uh, Way of the Master, something to that effect. But you can go back to when Willow Creek started sending out surveys to people going, what do you want church to look like? And then started listening to those who were sinners rather than making the church look like what the Bible says it should. And gearing that towards the edification of the saints. Instead, church has been reconfigured to the comfort of the sinner, not the edification of the saints. Church is not there for the unbeliever. They are welcomed in and hopefully they'll hear the gospel and repent and trust in Christ. But the church is for believers. The church is there so that we as believers can come together, can gather together to, to let iron sharpen iron, to disciple one another, to be edified by the preaching of the word. All these things are for believers. 
And yes, I'm not saying that you don't bring in those who are, are not saved. But it's, it's not, should not be geared towards them. I remember one time hearing Erwin McManus talk about how an atheist came to him after one of his, his sermons. And this is where I really started to go, I may not be in the right place as a pastor of a vineyard. Because I heard Erwin McManus say this, this atheist came and said, I'm so comfortable in your church. Well, an atheist sitting in the pews of a church should not feel comfortable. And a, an active homosexual who is living in a gay lifestyle should be hearing the word of God and it should be making them uncomfortable. I mean, we don't kick them out and we don't be intentionally offensive, but we should not be making them comfortable. They should hear the word of God and they should be convicted of their sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And if the word is being preached and the Holy Spirit is working as the Holy Spirit does and, and he's in the church, then, then people who are, are dead in their sins should start to feel uncomfortable. If they are dead in their sins and in their trespasses, they should feel uncomfortable until they are made alive in Christ. Ephesians 2. Right? But they don't get to blame this stuff again. We come back to the whole issue of, of there's no more personal responsibility because there's no more fear of the Lord. People are not hearing about the need for repentance and, and salvation. They're just allowed to do whatever they want. Again, I've heard it said by, I know, I, I, I wish I could, I, I should really find out who the, the quote comes from. But every time I, I say it in my head, I hear Luke Pearson, one of the pastors at Apology, I hear it in his voice. The culture is the report card of the church. How are we doing? Church. How are you doing? If the culture is a report card of the church, I think that the, the American church is failing. The global church is failing. There are little pockets of, of remnants of, of solid Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches that are out there. But the majority of them, that ain't it, chief. That ain't it. So, thank you for walking along with me on our trip to Bizarro World this morning. Um, yeah. I mean, what more can we say than what we say at the end of every one of these episodes? The only thing that is going to change any of this is, as usual, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs>